0: Hello and welcome to Where the Living Room Used to Be, a podcast about Rhode Island's music scene. Hey everyone, it's James. On today's episode, musician and director Chuck Staten shares how he's made it through some tough times while working with others in creative spaces. If you listen to the end, you'll hear Senior Discount's VBW song, which is a prime example of this. Plus, he shares how to work past self-doubt, and how you can best set yourself up for success. Chuck also shares a story about an interesting feud between a couple of his famous bosses I think you'll want to check out. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoy the episode, please tell a friend and leave a rating or review wherever you're listening right now. Can you share a piece of music advice uh, that may have been given to you from like a mentor, one of your, your bandmates, um, you know, someone uh, just at a show, you know, uh, just someone else that, that they shared with you that, that stuck with you that you'd like to pass along now?
1: So it's it's interesting. I know you have so we have two questions going on. One is that and then one was from my own experience of playing music what piece of advice would I give? And it's yeah, kind of all it's all mixed together. Okay. One thing I realized when we went in to record our first full length which was called There Were Four Who Tried, uh we had a lead guitarist named Tom and he would always play this lead on this song and he was it was great live and stuff, but in the in the studio he just couldn't get the rhythm perfect. Mm -hmm. and we kept doing it and doing it and finally i was like can i have a try and i did do it and i I, it it was it was good it was all set and he was livid he was so mad (laughs) really (laughs) that i did it and one of the things i think we, because we had to talk it out afterwards because he was mad because we had more stuff to record so we talked about it later that night and stuff that we kind of had to figure out on our own was when you're in a creative uh community like let's say it's a band it could be a writer's room it could be whatever you really got to prioritize the project over the ego and i think we all have gone through that myself my buddy uh brad who writes with comedy with me um christian's you know christian my drummer kevin our old bassist um it's kind of like you as much as you might feel some ownership over uh a guitar lead or a harmony or or a rhythm whatever it is you have to prioritize the ending project. And mm-hmm. so, whenever you feel like, well, yeah, that's good, but I I was supposed to do that. Or, yeah, that's the best thing, but I came up with this part that I want to put in. I think that everybody goes through the process of wanting to be the person to uh, contribute in that way and being kind of like hurt or sad or annoyed or whatever that your mm-hmm. thing didn't get through or your playing didn't get through. But I think that the faster you go we're not first of all we're not even going to care in, in a year we're going to say we want this to sound as good as it can get or we want the song to be as good as it can be yeah. yeah you just get to the point where you lose the ego and prioritize the art and walk into projects before you do them like a song or a full album it could be anything saying no matter what the best idea wins, the best performance wins, the best thing for this project always wins over well, I came up with this or I want to do this. It's mm-hmm. always the best version of it wins. Yeah. Um and that was kind of that was more learned. Um and then the piece of advice that I got, I'm breaking the rules a little bit. I'm really sorry about this. It's not from a guy <laughs> in the music world. It's from a guy in the film world. Yeah, no, let's get and his name his name is Jeff tremaine He directed he's the director of Jackass and all the Jackass movies. Mm -hmm. and i got to interview him at the tribeca film festival a few years ago and one of the things that i always struggle with and i feel like people making jackass must struggle with more than anything else this goes for music film is when you do something that you're really proud of how do you go into your next thing when you know like i don't know if i can top what i just did like if Mm -hmm. you write your your favorite if, if you write for music for if you work on songs for 10 years and you write a song that you feel like is your best song When you go to write the next song you have to have in your mind a little bit like well this isn't going to be the best song we just i took me 10 years to do that one i got you yeah yeah how do you move forward and with jackass i think it's even harder because they've been really successful but they're doing things that are so risky and violent and scary Mm -hmm. and i said to jeff tremaine i was like how do you guys feel like i'm going to keep top we're going to keep topping what we did how do you keep doing that as a as a creator and he said for a long time he worried about that and he thought about it all the time and he was nervous about that and eventually he got to the place where he thinks that people who do creative projects should just make the next best thing they can make and not ever think of it as i gotta top the last thing make the next Mm -hmm. best thing you can do and that's i've always tried to keep that in mind with music film everything i work on i think it's really great advice and it's weird because it's, it seems kind of obvious, but I think until someone yeah. says it, especially someone successful like him says it, mm-hmm. it's hard to have a grasp on that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Oh so yeah, that, that was that was that was really helpful.
0: Yeah, I mean, have you obviously you got to work with Kevin Smith as you had mentioned, um, iconic mm-hmm. director, I would say. Um, is is that something that that you've connected with him on as well, or like how? Um, has your relationship been with him because, yeah, I mean, he kind of came out with clerks, um,
1: yeah, he's had pretty little-
0: quick, and then it's like obviously he's done some other amazing things, yeah, uh, but yeah, that one just seems like, oh, <laughs> I know like, how,
1: <laughs> he- now he- what do I
0: do, you know, <laughs> like uh,
1: his career is really funny because, like, clerks was beloved, and then mole rats was hated, and then chasing <laughs> Amy was beloved, and it's like, ew, yeah. And it's funny because, like, now looking back at those movies, you're like, it's, they're, "They're not that different." Like, like the, the people yeah. that hated this thing, it's like, "How did you like this other thing?" Um, yeah. he's been really cool. I mean, he's been to me personally. He's been really, really positive. He, mm-hmm. from my point of view, I think this is just from what I have gathered. So, you know, I'm not speaking for him or anything. I felt like for a long time, Kevin was trying to be in the mainstream as a director just like Quentin Tarantino just like Judd Apatow at, in the comedy world and I think <laughs> that for a long time it was you know Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Dogma, Jayden and Bob Strike Back and Cop Out and all these other things where he was trying to move up move up move up and I do think there was a real clear delineation and my guess is that it happened at Zack and Miri Make a Porno where he said you know what that's not my goal anymore my goal is to do what I think is good, mm-hmm. and do what I think is fun, and do what the audience that already cares about me is going to be happy to see. And I think yeah. that he and, and and to me that is exactly the same thing as that kind of lesson. And I I think it was pretty clear that he did that, um, mm-hmm. which maybe was maybe was uh, the best movie he could make because now he has this very very passionate following. You know, he has a movie theater. In New Jersey, called Smodcastle where he just constantly does events, mostly based around his entire film history. Now that he has, I don't know how many movies under his belt, maybe sixteen or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he, I mean, and then outside of that, he's he's personally been very very positive to me, very encouraging to me. You know, he when he when he sees my stuff or talks to me about my stuff, he it's extremely personal. And uh, yeah, he's he's been very 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 positive. I, you know, I'll tell you a funny story about. Kevin Smith and Drew Barrymore, actually, that I, I'm, cool. like, I'm like, if he's not going to tell the story, I'm going to tell it. <laughs> so I went to, so I went to go, I got hired by CBS to direct the first episode of Drew Barrymore's uh, podcast before she knew if she wanted to do a podcast. She did a segment on okay. her TV show called Drew's News, um, and they were like, let's turn this into a podcast. I was working with Mike Birbiglia at the time and we went to the drew barrymore show together he was a guest on the show and we filmed his podcast backstage uh in her dressing room and a little side note like Mike biglia was like stationed in providence the entire pandemic that's where he started his podcast that's where he filmed his podcast it was all in providence and no one knew about it wow
0: okay yeah Yeah, i I know he just has done stuff at columbus theater and whatever like there's some
1: some you know
0: tie i guess but i was like oh columbus just booked him. You're like you know mike just came
1: up to do it whatever but i, I had no it's, idea huh? it's, it's really strange my mom texted me one night and she goes hey i was just watching fallon my mom's cool but she watches like comedians and stuff and mm-hmm. she's like i was watching berbiglia she calls him Burbiglia. she goes and he live streamed in from his studio and jimmy said where are you and he said i'm in providence and every i think i think every wow. week on his podcast if not on his social media something he would highlight a pizza place in providence oh wow okay and i'm like how did all these people miss this i missed this too yeah (laughs) that's how i started working with him was kind of that connection but drew barrymore she wanted to do the podcast and i happened to be filming mike's podcast and i you know the the staff was really nice and we got along really well so they called me back in to to, uh, direct her pilot episode of her podcast and she was talking to me and she was like, so like, you know, what kind of stuff do you do? Who do you work with? And I was telling her about everybody. And I mentioned Kevin and she's like, oh, Kevin Smith. Huh? I'm like, yeah, she goes, you know, that he said he could wish me, he, wish, he, he wished he could tie me to a rusty engine and throw me off the side of a boat. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, I don't believe, I, I, and I know him. I'm like, I'm like, that doesn't seem like how he is. It doesn't seem like something he'd say. He's very, uh, artist forward, creative forward. Mm-hmm. And she's like oh he said it was like she's like ask him about it ask him about it and i'm like okay and like it's a little weird because i'm like i don't really know you i do know him more and so mm-hmm. i was with him backstage at, at smod castle in new jersey and i was like hey man i'm like i have a question he's like well i'm like did you say this thing about drew barrymore about tying her to a, a fucking engine and throwing her off a thing he's like no he's like i didn't say that and i'm like she said, "You said it in this review of this movie when you uh, were on to, like in the place of Siskel or or Eber on Siskel and Eber or something." And he's like, "I don't think so, man." And I was like, "I don't know." He goes, "Let's look it up." So me and him were watching it. Like, we we looked it up on YouTube and we we're watching him on it. Yeah. With yeah. Appearance, talking, talking, talking. We we and he reviewed her movie song and lyrics, and he said he didn't like it, but he didn't say anything like what she said. And I was like, "That's really weird." And he's uh-huh. like, he's like and i still have this which is crazy he goes give me your phone and i'm like i don't have drew barrymore's number in my phone you that's not my relationship to her he's like no give me your phone and he went to the video he went to the camera and he filmed the video he's like hey drew this is kevin smith i'm with chuck you told him this thing it's not true we just looked it up and i'm like what the? i'm like i don't want to be involved in this like i don't want to be in between this beef and he goes but you know what is true you came to the dogma premiere and you and he starts going off on her Whoa. And I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like i'm like and then he finished it and he's like show this to her and i'm like are you insane i'm like i'm not going to show this to her. <laughs> yeah to so so essentially
0: was, your boss right was, you know like
1: two you know, no bosses
0: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly
1: <laughs> i'm like i'm like i grew up with et i grew up with clerks. what am i supposed to yeah, do yeah. and so i didn't tell her um, I did mention something about it to someone. I can't even remember who it was now. I think his name is Richard. And he was like, he did say that. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, later in that review, they reviewed Black Snake Moan. And Christina Ricci is tied to a radiator. And Kevin says that about Drew. And I'm like, and he's like, he's like, he said that. And I looked it up and he did say that. So I didn't go to yes. Drew and tell her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I yeah. went back to Kevin and I'm like, dude, you said it and he's like no i'm like and we watched it and he was like oh my god and, so like, <laughs> and i'm like i'm he's like he's like delete that video and i'm like yeah sure i will and of course i still have it and i will keep it for the rest of my life because it's hilarious <laughs> yeah yeah
0: <laughs> wow incredible. Yeah, yeah.
1: so funny but he's yeah he's been very very kind to me personally and not to do Barrymore in that one instance but i think he would not say that kind of stuff now
0: <laughs> yeah yeah cool <laughs> Uh, I did want to actually like circle back to your, you know, original point of, um, you know, doing the best thing, uh, for the project in those instances, like, how do you move on from that? Like, like those times that you're like, you're coming in, you're like, my idea is good. You know, like this is Mm -hmm. the best part to the song. Mm -hmm. This is the funniest joke, you know? And and when you're doing those collaborative pieces, what has your experience been like, changing that thought, changing that away from like, I guess the joke wasn't that good because this other, like, you know, what was that? What has that been for you?
1: There's, you know, I've, I've so many specific examples. There's a really easy one right off the top of my head where, um, we had, we have a song called VBW song from senior discount. Mm -hmm. And there's a big line during the, during the breakdown that I wrote. And it basically goes doon it, doon it, doon it, doon it, doon it. And Kevin who played bass at the time, and he was the bassist. He wanted to change it so slightly. And I was like, no, that's not the way it is. I wrote it this way. It's gotta be this. And he's like, this makes more sense. This is better. And I'm like, I wrote it that way. We're playing it that way. And we just always, always put it to a vote. Mm -hmm. Which one is better? We're the, you know, there's four musicians here or in the writer, you know, if it's if it's me and Brad and Ray writing stuff, there's three writers. What's the best one? We took a vote. His baseline was better, and I said, fine, and I pouted. But that was in 2005. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 2024, Chuck, is like, yeah, yours is best. Whatever, we took a vote. And, and, you know, let's say now, even if I did think my version was the best, if we all took a vote and we're all part of this, you just do the Democratic thing. And let's say for some reason— And storm the Capitol. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. let do that.
0: Yeah. You, you just, I think, I you thought just I claim it's wrong. And then, yeah, and then you storm the Capitol—
1: <laughs> yeah
0: no i I think that that chuck was right chuck was right
1: you know (laughs) with with your with your elk horns yeah uh, exactly no i think i i think and if there is some sort of tie or you can't make a decision i think then you talk about the mechanics of why you might Mm -hmm. say well think of the rhythm of the drums at this point in time think of this and you kind of walk through that kind of stuff and if if you can't just settle on uh we took a vote between the people here and this is the best thing I think you talk about it and say, well, why do you think this is the best thing? And a lot of times, if someone's argument boils down to, well, like, well, that's how I wrote it. Then yeah. that person has to take a back seat to the best thing. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, my, that's, that's my that's my opinion, personally. Yeah, that's good. Yeah.
0: Um, and then with this, you know, I always want to ask, because I'm curious, is to what inspires musicians? Um, you know, and it doesn't need to be just within music, you know, as as the mm-hmm. artist that, that you may
1: be looking at, but just what inspires you in general, like in, in life. I think that a big thing that I've always talked about, and I talked a lot about it with my buddy, Brad, who we've been creative partners on so many projects over the past, I don't know, I'd say about 15 years, is the idea of, of creating wars to win. And I think this is great for a personal life, for a creative person. Um, the idea of saying, I'm me, and I have you know if if especially if you're a creative person, you have a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings, what is the thing that you think you can't do? just by a little, It's just a little bit out of your grasp. I mm-hmm. think that that's what inspires me a little bit to continue to do things or to move forward or even to like start the band, start the podcast, start doing videos. Start working with this person I look up to or, or, or take this leap. I think the idea of saying, you know, I'm, I'm building myself. I'm building the story of my life. Who do I want to be? What do I want to be? And if, if I'm a 16-year-old kid who loves punk rock and I think it'd be awesome to do that and I love singing and I love, I love guitar, what is the war I should win? It's doing that. It's mm-hmm. being that person and figuring that out. And I think that that's always been a thing to me. But along with the wars to win thing, I think uh, whatever's in your heart is going to lead that is going to lead what your war is to win. You know what I mean? What do you love? You know, if are you, are you a guy that sits home and obsesses over horror movies and thinks they're awesome? And then suddenly you have an idea for one, you know what your war is to win. Go, go win the war. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the inspiration to me.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Chuck, thank you so much. It was really cool to hear this uh, this take on things and, and the stories you
1: shared. Uh, so yeah. thank you for doing that. I appreciate it very much. Oh man, thank you so much for having me. This was all, I love this kind of stuff. I love it, and I uh, like again. I, I appreciate what you're doing. I think it's awesome. I hope you do it forever. I'm tired, Chuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs>
2: I know you can't trust Joe, every man, and I know John Doe's a fucking cheat, and I've met so many people, so much so that I've lost. Pricks are the norm But I've had Like 19 years Of sifting through the shit And I've got Some facts that keep Without a soldier you know with of mediocrity, only a few hold stock with me. Rise above the fights and storms on the streets, singing. We never said that we were right. Feel you know, my pain and bring light. We live like a robbery in broken streetlights. Right, right. At the lowest, you'll still see. You'll live by honesty, and that is one we'll always keep. Can't stop me from being me. Any I mean, I can't say we haven't lost a few, but we'll keep coming back with something new Until yeah, the no. whole world is rocking with the VB public lock, W kids If we get knocked down and it's getting too dark, we reach into the night sky and pull ourselves up We say, hey, 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 hey don't hey. let go of the stars Hey, 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 hey. do to let go of the stars my share of less. You can't be a good star without a soul cast In a world of mediocrity Only few will stock with me Rise above the flock and storm the streets Singing We never said that we were right to my pain Every night we live like a robbery and broken streetlights At lowest yield to see You'll live by honesty And as one will always scream You can't stop me from being We never said that we were right to my pain Every night we live like a robbery and broken streetlights live by and that is what will always from You can't stop me. You can't stop You can't stop You can't stop me. You can't stop me. You can't stop me. You can't stop You can't stop me.